0: You're listening to the Living Word with Danny Hodges of Calvary Chapel Fellowship in St. Pete. We come alive as a way filled with the Living Word, a brutalized soul. We can fully rest in your truth. Yeah, yeah.
1: That gospel changed my life and it continues to change my life here's what paul wrote in philippians chapter one whatever happens conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of christ we were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as christ was raised from the dead for the glory of the father we too may live a new life the gospel saves people but the gospel changes people changed my life continues to change my
0: life Has the gospel message changed your life? It has for so many people, Pastor Danny included, but it doesn't stop being effective once you've accepted Jesus as your savior, not at all. It keeps growing and drawing you deeper into an intimate relationship with your savior. Today, Pastor Danny will urge you to let the truth of what Jesus did on the cross change your heart, change your life. Let it pull you into a walk with him. It's a life that you can't experience without him and a life you don't want to miss. Now here's Pastor Danny in the Book of Jude, Chapter 1, with today's edition of The Living Word. To every nation
1: Jude a little epistle right after third John a couple of things I need to say before we read the text uh, more than a couple actually uh 2 Peter, if you've ever read 2 Peter and read Jude, they are very similar, uh, and yet they are both unique. Penned, of course, moved by the Holy Spirit, Peter to write 2 Peter, Jude to write Jude. And while they're very similar, they are still unique. We don't know which was written first. If I was a betting man, I would say 2 Peter. That's because of what verses 17 to 19, or 17 and 18 in Jude say, Dear friends, remember what the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ foretold. They said to you, in the last times there will be scoffers who will follow their own ungodly desires. That's exactly what Peter warns in 2 Peter chapter 3, Peter the apostle. So if I'm a betting man, I believe 2 Peter is written first and Jude borrowed from what Peter was inspired to write, but it really doesn't matter which was written first. The message is still the same. One of the most fascinating things about this little epistle of Jude is the Person that God chose to pen it, to write it. Jude is one of the Lord's brothers. If we want to be technical, uh, he's one of Jesus's half brothers. Are you with me? Because Jesus was conceived by the Holy Spirit and technically Joseph is not his father biologically. Mark chapter 6, verse 3, uh, and Matthew 13, tell us Jesus' brothers' names. James, Joseph, Judas, or Jude, and Simon. Galatians chapter 1, verses 18 and 19, and just listen to this carefully. Uh, Paul says, when I went to Jerusalem, I got acquainted with Peter. I didn't see the other apostles, only James, the Lord's brother. The book of Acts tells us that James became a leader in the early church there in Jerusalem. 1 Corinthians chapter 15 verse 7 says that after the resurrection, Jesus on one occasion appeared to James, his brother. Let me really blow your mind. 1 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 5 Paul says, don't we have the right to take a believing wife along with us? He's talking about take a believing wife in ministry, when they travel and do ministry and be supported, that the wife would be supported too in the travel to do ministry. Don't we have the right to take a believing wife along with us? As do the other apostles and the Lord's brothers and Cephas. Listen, John chapter 7 verse 3 tells us that Jesus' brothers sarcastically and and really mockingly said to him, oh, you want to be a figure, you want to be a figure, you know, then show yourself to the world. You want to be famous, show yourself to the world. And then it says, because his own brothers did not believe in him. Well, that all changed. They not only came to believe that Jesus, their brother, is the Christ, and think about that, that's better than your brother being Superman. Superman. They not only came to believe that their brother is the Christ, he's the Messiah. They became ministers of the gospel. Even traveling, according to 1 Corinthians 9.5. To share the message of the gospel. How did such a dramatic change come about? Well, let me tell you what it wasn't that brought it about. It was not the perfection of Jesus Christ living in their house. Hebrews chapter 1 verse 3 says that Jesus is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being. Listen to me carefully. No matter how good of a Christian I am in terms of being like Christ, no matter how good of a Christian you are in terms of being like Christ, Just living the Christian life before somebody will not save them and will not change them. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 1. Now, brothers, I want to remind you of the gospel that I preached to you, which you received and on which you've taken your stand. By this gospel, you are saved. Verse 3. For what I received, I passed on to you as a first important Importance that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, that he was buried, and that he was raised on the third day according to the scriptures. That's the only message that'll save somebody. That's the only message that'll change somebody's life. We are going to study Jude, I promise. Romans chapter 1, verse 16. I'm not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God for the salvation of everyone who believes 2 Corinthians chapter 9 verse 13 because of the service by which you've proven yourselves men will praise God for the obedience that accompanies your confession of the gospel of Christ, One of the first verses I memorized, 2 Corinthians 5, 17, as a young believer, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation, new creation. 1 Thessalonians chapter 1. If you're turning and you can't find it, just stop and listen. Verse 5. Because our gospel came to you not simply with words, but also with power, with the Holy Spirit, and with deep conviction. You know how we lived among you, for your sake, you became imitators of us and of the Lord. They were changed through the gospel. One more. First Timothy chapter 1. Verse 8, we know the law is good if one uses it properly. We also know that the law is made not for the righteous, but for lawbreakers and rebels, etc., etc. You could summarize it sinners And then he ends this way, the end of verse 10. And for whatever else is contrary to the sound doctrine that conforms to the glorious gospel of the blessed God. Here's the deal. If I've really believed the gospel, if I've really received Christ as my Savior, that gospel changed my life and it continues to change my life. Here's what Paul wrote in Philippians chapter 1. Whatever happens, conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. The gospel saves people, but the gospel changes people. Changed my life. Continues to change my life. Jude verse 1. Jude, a servant of Jesus Christ, and a brother of James. Because James became well known as a leader in the church. To those who have been called, who are loved by God the Father and kept by Jesus Christ, mercy, peace, and love be yours in abundance. Dear friends, although I was very eager to write to you about the salvation we share, I felt I had to write and urge you, To contend for the fate that was once for all entrusted to the saints. The gospel. And doctrine connected with the gospel. The word for contend there, it's the word epigonezomai or something like that. We get our English word agonized from it. It's an athletic term. The idea is there's there's a contest going on. But it's no game. It's no game. It's a contest that has to do with good and evil, truth and error, life and death. It's no game. Jude wants to write about the salvation that we share. And then the Holy Spirit changed his mind. The Holy Spirit moved him differently. Because there was an urgent message that needed to be shared with the church because of things that were happening then and there with the church. What was it? Verse 4 For certain men whose condemnation was written about long ago have secretly slipped in among you. They are godless men who change the grace of our God into a license for immorality and deny Jesus Christ, our only sovereign and Lord. If you know this in the context, uh, it doesn't mean they, they say we're not Christians. It, it means they're not submitted to Christ. It means they don't rightly represent his teachings, they don't rightly represent the gospel. And when it says they secretly slipped in, don't let that throw you. 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 13. Such men are false apostles, deceitful workmen, masquerading as apostles of Christ. And no wonder, for Satan himself masquerades as an angel of light. It is not surprising then if his servants masquerade as servants of righteousness. Satan can put on a good front and people who are being used by him can put on a good front. They can talk to the talk. They know the doctrine. Problem is they're not walking the walk. Jude verse 5 Though you already know all this, I want to remind you that the Lord delivered His people out of Egypt, but later destroyed those who did not believe. 1 Corinthians 10 tells us about that and says that Even though all those people were delivered out of Egypt, God was not pleased with most of them. They got involved in idolatry. They got involved in sexual sin. Um, They tested the Lord. They grumbled and complained, didn't learn to walk by faith. God was not pleased with most of them. Very interesting. And then verse 6, Jude. And the angels who did not keep their positions of authority but abandoned their own home, these he has kept in darkness bound with everlasting chains for judgment On the great day. Fascinating that some of the angels that followed Lucifer are not free to roam throughout the earth looking for someone to inhabit or deceive or entice. There's some that God said, Hey, you're not going to get no free reign right now. You're going to somewhere down below. And they're bound with chains, waiting for the day of judgment. That's a real deal. I mean, really, they're really chained right now. There. They're rebels. Rebels. Verse 7, in a similar way, Sodom and Gomorrah and the surrounding towns gave themselves up to sexual immorality and perversion. They serve as an example of those who suffer the punishment of eternal fire. Now we know about Sodom and Gomorrah and the people there. But a lot of times people focus on the homosexuality of Sodom and Gomorrah. Uh, I want to remind us the homosexuality of Sodom and Gomorrah was only a byproduct of their sin. Ezekiel 16, verse 49, now this was the sin of your sister Sodom. She and her daughters were arrogant, overfed, and unconcerned. They didn't help the poor and needy. You could summarize it another way. They were consumed with self. Self. Verse 8, Jude, in the very same way, these dreamers, that's borrowed from the Old Testament where especially the false prophets would have dreams and visions, but they weren't from the Lord. But they purported uh, it to be truth. This is what the Lord said. This is truth. And it wasn't truth. And sometimes they gave people the wrong direction. They were always so positive, never very negative. They told people what they wanted to hear, but they weren't speaking for the Lord. And that's what he's talking about here. These dreamers pollute their own bodies, reject authority, slander celestial beings. But even the archangel Michael, when he was disputing with the devil about the body of Moses, did not dare to bring a slanderous accusation against him, but said, the Lord rebuke you. Yet these men speak abusively against whatever they do not understand. And what things they do understand by instinct, like unreasoning animals, these are the very things that destroy them. What does all that mean? Well, I think I can communicate it in a way that's a little easier to understand, but we under- you know what he's talking about here. He's talking about the character of these people that have infiltrated the church, and he uses now an example of Michael. Michael, Michael, an amazing angel. Amazing angel. He's mentioned three times in the Old Testament, the book of Daniel, chapter 10, verse 13, verse 21 of ta- chapter 10, and then Daniel chapter 12, verse 1. In uh, Daniel ten thirteen, he's called one of the chief princes, and he there comes to get a messenger, a lower ranking good angel through to give a message to Daniel in response to his prayers that he has been praying for 21 days or he's been waiting 21 days after praying for an answer. And he goes and he has to withstand the prince of the Persian kingdom, a higher ranking fallen angel than the one that Michael has to come now and get through. For Daniel. Fascinating stuff. It's real stuff. In Daniel 12, 1, he's said to be the great prince who protects your people, Daniel. That would be the Jewish people. So he has a special assignment for the Jewish people. Revelation 12, 7, he's mentioned in the New Testament, and it's fascinating. And I believe it's a future war. But there's a war, Revelation 12, 7, in heaven. Michael and his angels fight against the devil and his angels. And I know who won, tells us. What's the point here, though? Despite his great position, despite his great authority, despite his great responsibility, he is reverent. He does not take for granted his position. And in regard to spiritual things, he takes them very seriously. It's about time we get serious about this person called the devil. He's real. Peter says he roams about and he's looking for someone to devour. Let me remind us, if you don't know Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord, he's already got you. He's not looking to devour you. He's already got you. Whether you're an outright rebel or a religious person that doesn't know God, he's got you. The person, the people he's looking to devour are believers. And that's why he infiltrates the church. That's the message of Jude. Verse 11. Woe to them, judgment. They've taken the way of Cain. What way is that? Genesis chapter 4, verse 4. Abel brought fat portions from some of the firstborn of his flock. The Lord looked with favor on Abel and his offering, but on Cain and his offering, he did not look with favor. So Cain was very angry and his face was downcast. And then the Lord said to Cain, why are you angry? Why is your face downcast? If you do what is right, will you not be accepted? But if you do not do what is right, sin is crouching at your door. It desires to have you. Here's the difference between Cain and his brother Abel. Both of them have clearly revealed truth from God. Both of them the same truth revealed. One received it. One walked in it, and the other didn't. That's the difference between Cain and Abel. They've taken the way of Cain. They've rushed for profit into Balaam's error. One of my favorite stories to teach, you find it in Numbers chapter 22. You can't help but chuckle when you go through the story every time. I can't help but chuckle every time I teach it, because Balaam... Has a conversation with his donkey. God opens the donkey's mouth. He speaks like a human being, and they have this conversation back and forth. Who was Balaam? Well, wilderness wandering, uh, children of Israel defeating mighty armies, powerful nations, because the Lord is fighting for them. The Moabites hear about uh, these Israelites and the God that they serve and how powerful He is, so they make a move, a strategic move. Balak, the king of Moab, sends some of his men to hire a man named Balaam. He's a sorcerer. And they want him to put a curse on Israel. They show up. They bring the fee for divination. But the God of Israel has revealed himself to Balaam. And he says, these men, do not go with them. And so Balaam, when they come, says, can't take the money, can't do the job, sorry. Sorry. They go back to their king, Balak. They say, he said he can't come. What do you mean he can't come? He sends more distinguished princes and basically sends Balaam a blank check. They come and they say, the king says, you fill in the amount, whatever you want. Just come do the job. Balaam says, we'll spend the night. I'll see what else the Lord might say. What do you mean what else the Lord might say? The Lord's already spoken very clearly. Do not go with them. And the next morning it says he saddled his donkey and he goes with them. And it says God was very angry when he went. They've rushed for profit into Balaam's error. And the beginning of his error was was going with people that God said don't go with them. They've been destroyed in Korah's rebellion. Korah, Dathan, and Abiram. Numbers chapter 16 rebelled against Moses. Moses. They were insubmissive. They were independent. Oh, catch verse 12. These men are blemishes at your love feast, eating with you without the slightest qualm. Catch this. They come to a communion service. That's what it is. They come to the communion service. But there's no conviction of sin. They they can sit through it repeatedly. They can sit through the church services. You know, they're not moved by the Lord. Shepherds who feed only themselves. That's all they're thinking about. They're clouds without rain. They look good, but there's no substance. Blown along by the wind, autumn trees without root, uprooted, twice dead. Couldn't help but go to Revelation, the end of Revelation, the great white throne judgment. And all those whose names are not written in the Lamb's book of life will be judged and thrown into what's called the lake of fire. It's serious, lake of fire. And the lake of fire is the second death, twice dead. they are wild waves of the sea foaming up their shame. Wandering stars. Stars were depended on, especially in this day, for navigation. And you wanted a star that was fixed. A wandering star would take you the wrong direction. Wandering stars for whom blackest darkness has been reserved forever. Enoch the seventh from Adam prophesied about these men. See, the Lord is coming with thousands upon thousands of his holy ones to judge everyone and to convict all the ungodly of all the ungodly acts they've done in the ungodly way and of all the harsh words, ungodly sinners have spoken against him. That's a mouthful there, man. These men are grumblers. That's amazing because that's one of the things that 1 Corinthians 10 tells us about those who did not believe. uh, Most of those that were delivered out of Egypt that God was not pleased with, they were grumblers. It means they just complained about life because they never learned to walk by faith. And fault finders, that's interesting because when you read the gospels, the Pharisees, the Teachers of the law and the Sadducees, that's what they were like. They were always trying to find a way to accuse Jesus and his disciples. They were fault finders. They follow their own evil desires. They boast about themselves, flatter others for their own advantage. Now, if I had to summarize all I've just read, the character, the kind of people that infiltrated the church here, I would simply say this. They are religious people who if they do know God, they are not submitted to Him.
0: You've been listening to The Living Word with Pastor Danny Hodges, a ministry of Calvary Chapel Fellowship. Sometimes life circumstances can hit hard and they can leave us wondering where God is. Not only that, they can leave us wondering if He's even real at all. But rest assured, the Lord never leaves or forsakes. And most importantly, He is the truth. Are you wrestling with your faith today? There's strength in lifting one another up in prayer and we'd be honored to do that for you. Send us an email at info at ccf stpete.church that's info at ccfstpete.church would you also pray for us here at the living word as our ministry grows we want to make sure that we're seeking jesus first and our ideas second his guidance is what we need would you pray that we'd recognize his voice always thanks for praying if you don't already have a church home and you live in or near saint petersburg we'd love to be that for you Pastor Danny and all of us at Calvary Chapel Fellowship invite you to join us for our weekend services. Check out ccfstpete.church for the latest service times or to find out how you can join us online if you're not in the area. Thanks for tuning in today. Join us again next time to hear another message from this study in the book of Jude right here on The Living Word.